Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Porritz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people to discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission, to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams, and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach Andrew. Today is Labor Day, and today I'm doing a very special show. I have my dad, Art Poritz, joining us today. My dad has been around uh, areas like uh, promotions, public relations, and all kinds of areas in sports uh, for many years. And I just thought it would be fun to have a conversation with my dad right here on Blog Talk Radio. So that's going to be my introduction. Dad, are you here? I'm here. Hey, Dad. Hey. Hey, listen, i got to call you Andy. I know that you that you go by the name of Andrew, but I, I have Grandfather Claus. Uh, I can only call you Andy. Do you uh, mind? That, you got that from uh, from from uh, my grandfather or from, uh, from from yourself? No, it's, well, you know, it's known as a Grandfather Claus, but oh, okay. I'm asking you, do you mind? I can I tell Twitch. You could, you, you, I always say, you made me, you could call me whatever you want. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, very and, nice and, of you. You're very welcome. Speaking of uh, of making me, uh, today was a very interesting day for me. I I went back. I like to say the to the scene of the crime, Dad. I went back to Milford, Connecticut, <laughs> which is where I was conceived uh, in roughly the middle of October of uh, 1955. I, I remember about very little about that night. I, it was a dark and stormy night. I, <laughs> I crashed into this big round thing that knocked out for nine months. But I like to say it's the, the only race I've ever won in my life. Andy, don't make me laugh. <laughs> That's too much. Oh, thank you, Milford. Very much. I, I wonder what it looks like today. Yeah, I was saying to to my friend, I was bike riding throughout the the town of Milford, and I, I felt like I was in one of those. Uh, if you ever seen a model railroad? Uh, a set, you know, one of those big model railroads, like the kind that Frank Sinatra used to play with. And yeah, sure. It looked like a model railroad town. Like everything about it was very quaint. I, I took a bunch of pictures of some people who were not people, but the, the gravestones and some some stones go, that go back to the 1600s, 1700s. Very old town. It's funny you should say that because you know your your mom was working in New York City, and I would pick her up at the New Haven Railroad Station at Milford every day. And you, you know what I w- was working at in, in Milford, right? Of course, the New Haven Register. That That's right. And I was off early enough to pick her up, and she she uh, she worked in New York City uh, until uh, pretty late in in that time. Um, I, hope, uh, I hope not too late as far as you're concerned. That's uh, a joke, Andy. Oh, I get it. Well, I, I was, uh, you know, in those days I just order in womb service, so it was okay. <laughs> yeah, you do make me laugh. <laughs> well, let me let me say, anybody, I, I've been told by many people I make them laugh, but you are the source. I like to say, I got, that's what I, that's my dad. When If you have met me and if I've made you laugh, you've kind of met my dad. Yes, you're, you're where I got that sense of humor from, a good part of it. I, that's nice of you to say that. Very nice. Oh, shucks. Uh, so, shucks is right. Shucks. <laughs> so, yeah. so you you back in the day, 
back in the day, you had a very uh, kind of a fascinating career. And, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about, and one of the reasons I, w- I would think it would be fun to have you on the show, today everybody talks about social media, and, and I don't even know if you know what I mean when I say new social media, but that's all the stuff that's online, No, the Facebook, Twitter, da, da, hey, yeah. I'm not dumb. Okay. Oh, you're, you're, you're with it. You have. I'm with it, yeah. So today everything is social media. Everything is instantaneous. Everything is that you know you could do from your phone, your, com- your computer. You, you can just blink your eyes and something can happen. But back in the day, it took a lot different type of work, a lot different ty- type of communications with people. And I'm very curious to hear, like, what was it like back then, uh, in, in the area of, say, public relations in, in particular, some of the areas, how would you connect with people, uh, some of the things you used to do, like uh, publicity stunts? All on the, te- on, the, on the telephone, strictly telephone. That uh, you, You'd make a call, you'd, ma- or you'd have a contact, or there would be a network of contacts, and you'd use the phone. Uh, well, I guess pretty much it's still used today, but there was nothing else that that you could use. I mean, you know, you don't use a telegram. Just phone. You pick up a phone. You dial it. <laughs> you remember? Do you remember dialing? I, I, you I dial do. a phone, uh, and uh, and you get a contact, and you talk your heart out. Very often. I mean, to to make something happen. I mean, that's my recollection. I had to, had to do a lot of talking, and uh, things happened. Uh, I was lucky, fortunate. And in some respects, I guess pretty good in certain areas, and uh, I made it work. Well, what was what was your biggest uh, skill in that area? Well, I think I think it was uh, communication with people. I think that was that was my that was my long suit. That was what what got me through the ability to uh, to talk to people not only on the phone, but after a meeting was set up. Mm-hmm. And I had to, uh, you know, make a presentation of some sort. Mm-hmm. I was pretty good at that, and uh, I was pretty good on give and take, which is part of it. And um, it worked. It worked well for me. And in, in some of, the, and of course, I, there were failures too. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, many times I tried and, you know, talked and talked and talked for for absolutely no purpose at all. But uh, the, those were fewer than than my so-called hits. Do you remember one that was like they call like a a big get, like when you got a big interview on TV or something? What was a big get for you? A big uh, I can't believe I got this guy on the phone and he said. Yeah. Well, in my in my in my early career, I'll, t- I'll tell you the funny thing. Early TV, I was uh, doing PR uh, with a PR firm for the. I'm trying to remember the name. This is going this is going back over 50 years ago. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, was for the. Let's see. The New York Dental Society, I think, was the name of it. Wow. The New York Dental. I think that was the name of it. Anyway, it was a group of dentists, and the idea was to to uh, uh, publicize the group and the you know dentistry in general. And I would put guests. I would get guests on local television shows, mm-hmm. and the 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 um, the angle would be that somehow they got <laughs> they got into the subject of dentistry. Uh, I don't remember exactly how, but I got. I got um, I got your aunt once. I got her on, uh, you know, talking about her experience with her wonderful experience getting her teeth capped uh, on the on the Maury Amsterdam show. He was wow. a comedian at the time, uh, you know, and things of that kind. I did a lot of the TV. I 
uh, you know, set up interviews. Um, I remember once, on, I can't think of the name of the show, but another guest was, you know, there was an actor named Robert Wagner who's now doing uh, infomercials. Yeah, he does. Uh, had, a, had a reverse mortgage and then yeah. rip, off your, rip off your grandfather. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah, kidding. Well, the go ahead, rip stopped. it off. I, would, I wouldn't yeah, do business with would, him yeah. because I still remember <laughs> how rude he was. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he practically shoved your aunt out of the way. You know, when because he was coming on and it was time, and he was very rude to her. Which aunt was so, this, by the way? You didn't aunt say. Ruthie. Ah, Aunt Ruthie. Yeah. Wow. Your mom's sister. Yes. And, and now, but you got to. Uh, did you get to meet Maury Amsterdam, by the way? Of course. Oh, because yeah, you know, before the I, show, yeah. You you, you you just described him as a comedian, but to me, anybody growing up in my era, he was from the Dick Van Dyke show. A buddy from the Big Dick Van Dyke Show. Yeah, this was before the Big yeah. Van Dyke Show. Oh, That'll course. tell you but, how. But, how old. but as, just for people who might want to know, who is that guy? He, who I heard of that name, Maury Amsterdam. He actually just died uh, a year or two ago when he was, uh, you know, it was like mid. Well into his, I think ninety something. Yeah. Yeah. But he was a he was a, a comedian, and he did a talk. But they, I, I don't even think they called it a talk show. He was just the host of a a show. And uh, he would have guests on it and talk, and uh, it was mostly guests, interviews, and that mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And he's a funny guy, you know. And there was, there was that's that's the kind of thing that I did. There was the dentistry, and then there was uh, uh, one of my one of my favorite. Um, oh, oh, are we on to the subject of the uh, my early PR days? Sure, why not? <laughs> Absolutely, whatever. Yeah, whatever happens is. Uh... Well, I remember I remember uh, setting up. Now, this is where I set up a uh, a, a deal uh, for coverage in the New York uh, Zoo in the Bronx, the Bronx Zoo in New York, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, for the annual uh, uh, examination of the hippopotamus for their teeth. <laughs> How about that? Wow, that was one of the bits I did. And um, in fact, uh, you, I was going with your mom at the time. We weren't even married, and she was outside the, um, uh, the you know, the 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 gates of the zoo and mm-hmm. was watching me. I was in inside with the dentist, the the zoo dentist examining a hippo's uh, teeth. Oh, you were you were in the the, the hippo area, like where the public doesn't go. You know the public. The public sees it through the through the bars. Sure, but you were and I got in the with the dentist wow. and the camera. There was a camera, of course, and the idea was to. I don't remember the idea except it was crazy. I got in there and it was. Uh, I I got the great compliments for getting the hippo's teeth examined on TV. Uh, that would have taken a very thick floss, I think. There you did it again. That's right. That was a big floss. <laughs> big floss. <laughs> yeah, but things of that kind. That I don't think they even think of doing s- stuff like that today. But uh, but who knows? I'm not that uh, close to it. But you know, you got to to, to spend time with some of the uh, people from the from the, the founding days of uh, TV and the local TV, which you know, a lot of the local TV doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, that's that's true. This was all in New York, you know. Yeah, I'm not there now, but uh, this was, you know, early, fairly early television. Not the not the what I would call the pioneer days of TV, mm-hmm. but uh, and, and you know the mid and late fifties. Mm-hmm. Television was maybe ten years old, or eight to ten years old at the time. 
but we still in those days we we had what six six channels maybe we had two four. Did you say five, six channels or six channels? channels? Six. <laughs> six. Oh, okay. no, the healthy channels. Oh, two, okay. four, five, seven, nine, and eleven, and then channel thirteen, which we kind of didn't count because that was the educational channel. Right. We didn't count that then. That was like that's eh, pretty much yeah, what it was. I I don't remember any any other channel at the time actually. And then, I'm and, sure and, there was, but I don't remember it. They all went off early. Uh, you didn't have right. TV all night long, except for maybe Channel Two, which, which was CBS, and they went most of the night. And uh, uh, those those were very different days. Today uh, we have uh, you might have 500 or a thousand channels. Go spend an hour and a half go playing around with the remote control, and then say there's nothing on. It's a it's a different world, completely different as far as TV is concerned. Uh, I I'd say I had a much easier time. Uh, dealing with five, six channels, than anybody trying to get on, you know, the, the I guess what they get on now is uh, uh, Ellen DeGeneres and you know people mm-hmm. like that get mm-hmm. their uh, get their clients on. And not too much of you know that's of course a national show, and not too much of the the real local programming is around the way it was because even the local channels have, have a lot of syndicated shows. Exactly, <laughs> different world, different different world. So you were involved in the TV, but then how did you wind up in the sports arena? Oh, that's just a, such a, a long-winded uh, story. Uh, I'm trying to remember myself uh, the, the very first, but I but I got closely involved um, in my advertising agency day. By the way, uh, you haven't mentioned it, but I'm an original madman. You did you know that? You know, I, I I did know that, but I I'm glad you reminded me. My dad. Yeah, because now that I'm making me think about it, this was uh, the early 1960s, and at the, in the early 1960s, I was vice president of an advertising agency on Madison Avenue. So that made sort of made me an original madman. And in that time, I um, I had a client called. Howard Close, mm. which does not exist anymore. It was a it was a retail chain of men's clothing, I'm, and um, I got them involved with the New York Mets, if you could believe it. On the very first year, they came. Uh, they, I got together with them, and uh, they asked me if I could put together um, ticket selling apparatus in their stores. You know, for the Mets, for the mm-hmm. New York Mets baseball team, which I which I proceeded to do over a period of months. This was uh, actually 1961, first first season, I believe, was 1962, mm-hmm. and um, I got into all kinds of promotion. You talk about promotional activities. I got a a whole slew of stuff and publicity that was uh, really uh, you know mind boggling at the time. By by having uh, contest hitting signs uh, in um, in the beginning in the polo grounds where they started, uh, you of course were like five years old at the time, mm-hmm. so you don't have any recollection but, of that. But did you take me there? To where? To the polo grounds. I don't remember. Do, do, do you remember? I don't remember, but I, I, I'm just I'm so curious to know if I was ever in the polo grounds because I'm old enough to have gone to the polo grounds since it existed, and I, I now, by the way, live uh, within walking distance of what was the polo grounds. No, I don't think I. I don't recall 
taking you to the polo grounds. I just don't. I know that I took you, of okay. course, to, to the Yankee Stadium when I got involved with the football giants. Yes. That was a, a the whole different story. That was another another uh, thing that I uh, that I was able to to uh, work with um with the uh, with the giants and i did uh, also for for the howard close uh uh client i got uh, in 19 i think it was 1963 or 64 a most valuable uh, player and it happened to have been y.a tittle now, i know you met him because you mm-hmm. almost embarrassed me if you could if you could oh, remember. tell everybody i i don't mind i i i think it's sure? very funny yeah i absolutely well, Wyatt Tittle, who's who's a Hall of Famer and uh, I don't know, a big time quarterback who had been traded to the New York Giants, and the and the Giants became a very powerful championship team thanks mostly to Tittle, and he won the award that I set up, and the award was a 24 or 25 foot Owens yacht, sleeps four, mm-hmm. and it was presented at Yankee Stadium to uh, to Tittle. And it got a lot of coverage because Tittle told the, told the newspaper reporters covering the Giants, what is he going to do with a yacht? He's he's never been on water before in his life. So it was uh, it was. Uh, a Did you mention publicity. that uh, that was his nickname because of his initials? It was basically yeah. Why Tittle is calling became a yachtsman. Yeah. So. The thing that uh, you were, I think you were five years old or six, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure exactly how old. But anyway, Y.A. and his wife came to uh, to our apartment in Bayside, Bayside, Queens. Mm-hmm. And you were in the bedroom, and if anybody doesn't know, Y.A. Tittle is totally bald, not in the in the fashionable sense of today, but he was just bald, period. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, in the, you were in your room. And the mom called you out, and you didn't know who was coming or anything. You uh, you came out, and there was Y.A. and his wife, and I was had, had introduced them to, to mom. You took one look at his head, and you started to, to, to yell, the man in the moon, <laughs> the man in the moon. <laughs> and and uh, mom shooed you back into your room, and I had to apologize. But Tittle was wonderful. He I said, believe nah, I also said, get, get that bald man out of my house. <laughs> I don't know if you said. I don't think you said the word. I think bold. I did. Uh, did and, you? And I think so. That's what I, I, I remember being told that I. I vaguely. Rem- I remember more the man on the moon thing. I remember. Yeah, being, well, uh, that's all I remember. The really man on the moon. Crazed by the, his appearance. And you, uh, now, you what is back. the great karma, Dad, of this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this incident? Of me and my reaction to the very the bold man. The fact that t- today that you are, uh, shall we say, hairless? Uh, I, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, but fashionably so. so I mean, it's become so, a fashion but thing. Still, I always, I, sometimes I, I look in the mirror and I go, get that bald man out of my house, I think to myself. <laughs> you should say into the, 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 to yourself in the mirror, the man in the moon. The man in the moon. Again. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was an embarrassment, but Tittle was very nice, and and the uh, the PR effect of everything that was done there was enormous, and uh, got a lot of credit for it. And uh, it went on and on and on, and eventually uh, I arranged for the tired team mm-hmm. to come to Puerto Rico under the sponsorship of the uh, President Johnson's physical fitness program, and that was a big deal, really a big deal uh, at the time. Um, Probably very few people would would remember that, but uh, it happened in 1964. 
and that that was uh, that was a part of my sports background. So 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 what what was that like? So you were basically bringing the concept of American football to uh, Puerto Rican kids who know basically soccer, right? What was the outcome of that? You know, what was that like? What was uh, oh, it was and, and fun. It was, a, about the outcome. it was the it was a film. It was on uh, TV. In fact, I just I just uncovered it in my closet. After like almost fifty years, I found the film, and um, uh, you were when you were visiting. You helped me find uh, um, some place where I could get it converted into mm-hmm. a DVD. Yes, and um, I got a big kick out of watching it again. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. Now, I didn't get to see uh, more than a few minutes of it at the time, but I, I recall. Uh, that there were uh, celebrities of the day in there, and of course all the the, the, the big stars uh, of the Giants. Uh, and, uh, I don't know who remembers all these people other than other than us. Hey Andy, do you remember another embarrassing moment that you gave me at the, in the Giants locker room? Uh, yes. <laughs> you do? I do. <laughs> yeah. I hesitate to mention it or to rem- to remind you. Uh, sure. It's up to you whether you want me to say. Oh, anything. go go for it. I I I. I have to be careful. I have to be careful how I phrase it, though. Well, try to remember. On a yeah. Saturday when I was the MC of a of a kids promotion, uh, you know, did with the with the giant players, and you and your brother Jonathan, uh, at the end of that, were in the uh, were in the giant locker room. Recall? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> And all of that bunch of players were coming out of the shower, okay? Mm-hmm. And I was sitting talking to the coach, name of Ali Sherman at the time, and you were sitting right near me, and one of the players, I'm not going to mention his name because just say he's a big, <laughs> big strapping guy. Yes. And let's see how I could put this. He was built uh, He was built uh, very uh, enormously, Let's let's put it that way. But you, it caught your eye, and you ran over to me and you said, "Hey, Dad, <laughs> I still, I, I still want to want to close my eyes and forget this, but I remember it yes, too what, well. What, Why what, don't you have something like that in the <laughs> when you come out of the shower? Something to that effect, and the entire locker room burst into uh, a huge belly laugh, and the coach." <laughs> Had something to say to me, and the, oh, there was it was it was something. There was some scene, another embarrassing moment from my uh, number one son. That was it. Well, it was uh, it was certainly as an impressionable, impressionable young child of whatever age I was. <laughs> you sure was. I think I was twenty-seven at the time. No, <laughs> um, you were you were. Let's probably about eleven years old. old, eleven or twelve. No, no, you were younger than that. Really, was I? I Nineteen sixty-three, uh, fifty-seven. It was after uh, 60, six years, I'm you were six sixty-five years. or sixty-six, so I was nine or ten years old. What, you were? Yeah, I was at nine or ten years. I think it was sixty-five. Okay, or nine, nine years old. Even you should have known better, Andy. I, I probably should have known better, but uh, but I, I think I I was just so astonished to, to <laughs> see a, that this uh, this uh, naked giant naked black man. And, yeah, um, you had to bring the the uh, the black man. And that was well, not otherwise necessary. people wouldn't really know what I'm talking about. Okay. So right, you, um, you know, it's like that, like that, uh, you know, that uh, blazing sales. Is, is it? It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
So uh, that was a. I don't remember saying that. I do remember seeing it and being like. No, you said uh, it. I rem- and being very, you know, of course, later in life disappointed and. What are you gonna do? You know. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what we all were getting, you know. When we, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know. Okay, but now I now I know. But yeah, that was that was a you know, the thing out of all the things that that impressed me. Now, what you have to understand, anybody listening to this, I grew up in this uh, kind of a rarefied uh, atmosphere that the average boy at my age would have been out of their minds with glee, and I I was really not. I didn't know anything much about sports, and I, it was this is the usual way of life. And I would get to do things like hang out in the locker room and hang out on the field and play in the dugout, you know, at the Mets game and all this stuff. And the thing that impressed me more than anything that I can recall in the in the New York Giants locker room was the fact that they had piled as high as the ceiling uh, uh, and and with the square footage of. I'm going to say around 20 feet around, uh, every bottle of soda of every brand that you could possibly think of, this was, I, wow, you become a sports guy, you get, you get the, all this soda. I was so, Yoo-Hoo, back then I thought Yoo-Hoo was a, was a health drink. Coca-Cola, 7-Up, I mean, whatever you could think of, it was there and, and as much as you'd want. Funny how that would be the most impressionable thing that happened to you from your sports experience. That was, I mean, come on. I mean, how could you could hardly beat that when you think of it? I mean, the fact that I, I that I introduced you to Tom Seaver, a Hall of Fame pitcher, in the in the dugout of the New York Mets, that that, that didn't impress you, right? That that in, I I what impressed me was Tom Seaver was such a nice guy. Uh, again, 1965, so I'm nine years old, in the dugout, and this young man comes over my brother uh and I are sitting there and um he says uh hi kids uh my name is Tom Seaver I'm a pitcher now with the with the New York Mets nice to meet you uh would you like my autograph he actually asked us i mean and this is a guy who later became known for he doesn't really like to sign autographs but would you like our would you like my autograph sure uh, whoever you are i had no idea who this guy was he was a rookie of course that year and went on to become the amazing Tom Seaver. But I just remember, what a nice fellow, you know. And I also remember trying on Jerry Grody's glove, Jerry Grody, the catcher of the New York Mets. And he uh, uh, must have had a gigantic hand. So I remember his 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 uh, glove was twice the size of my head. That I, don't, I don't remember that at all. So that's good. I'm glad you have some, some positive memories of that. I I've always told you told your brother that he he doesn't uh, give uh, any uh, you know high marks to me for for the sports background that I gave both you boys. He doesn't seem to have any interest, in, and I didn't think you did either until right now. Well, I, 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 speaking of my brother, do you, do you remember the the wonderful moment where he got to meet his his childhood hero? Name him. Uh, Jerry Kuzman. I don't remember that. Go ahead, tell me. It was um, where we we got to meet uh, Jer- Jerry. Ku- he was like, "Oh, I love Jerry Kuzman. I can, can really love. He, uh, it's my favorite player." And then we got to meet Jerry Kuzman at a Howard Close. Uh, what, when event. you were kids? Yeah, we were kids. You had one of the events, and the players would come, and you get to meet the players and get an autograph. And you brought us, and 
Oh, Jerry is my son. Uh, you're, you're you're his favorite uh, 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 Matt. And he goes, No, I like Ron Hunt. Oh yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. I don't think it was Jerry Kuzman. I think it was uh, the the first. Well, what's the difference? I don't, I don't remember that. But that's 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 good. I mean, that you that you recall it. Yeah, yeah. That was a, 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 another moment of embarrassment, but not really. You know, it was just a lot of fun. You know, that was good. All right, I'm glad I'm glad you have good memories of that. I've so over the years, I thought, oh, you you guys were really spoiled when well, it we came were. to to to. to to all these uh, sports heroes that kids today and and you know even at that time would have given their their left arm to meet and you you um, you played with them practically so uh, well, we I'm glad I'm glad you have good who memories. came to the house uh, 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 Aaron Thomas number 88 uh, yeah tight end of the New York Giants in the late 60s and very yeah, tall but, handsome fellow yeah and, and you were nice to, to him house. I think right yeah, and I and, and and I told my friends, all my friends, uh, or people who weren't even my friends now, they were my friends because they wanted to get to meet Aaron Thomas. We had a whole bunch of kids come over, and and for a while there, I was like, hey, I'm the cool kid because I I can get <laughs> I I got him in to meet you know Aaron Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Andy, I didn't even know that, and it's good to hear. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning things. You know, got a little leverage yeah. going on there. Yeah, I have. I can do. I don't remember a lot of this. But every so often, I'll. Talk to somebody like I. Thanks to Facebook. Speaking of going back to the beginning, we're talking about social media. So I now have recreated a lot of the friendships and connections that I've ever had in my entire life. Of friends going back to the age of three, even a lot of junior high and high school friends. And I, at least three or four times, I've been reminded of, oh, you, you, you and your dad brought me to the Giants game. I did. Like we did. You know, and apparently that was uh, you know something that we got to do a, f- a few times was like, yo, you want you want to take one of your buddies to the game? And okay, yo, you went to plenty of games. Well, oh, I went to a million games, but what I didn't didn't recall I didn't, didn't recall until they these these guys I say kids who are now uh, very ancient we don't don't want to say how old uh, who would say to me, uh, oh man, I never forget the time you took me to the Giants game, and we got to sit in the in the press ledge, and it was. I got to see all these amazing people, and what a what a day! I never experienced anything like that. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm glad. It, and, and then I'm going inside. I don't remember even doing that. Really, I did. Okay. I guess I was a good kid. You were. You were. You were. You were a good kid. Both the both of you were good kids. Thanks. But, That's, uh, that, I'll, I'll give you five dollars later. For you that. just you just reminded me of uh, you know it's not only sports, but. You do you do you know uh, the time I met Billie Holiday, the, the singer? I don't know, if, I don't know how many people know her, of her Billie Holiday. Oh, I think I think even you know? even though she's long long gone, there's very few people who don't know who she is. But yes, uh, I know that you that you met. Uh, you Billie know Holiday. you know you know the time. Well, because it reminded me of high school buddies. That uh, this was at the time that I was uh, in the Navy on Liberty. And the two high school buddies and, and neighborhood buddies on the same street in Brooklyn, and we were all jazz fans. And I think I've told you this, or have I? Uh, you have told me a particular version, but uh, I'm gonna just let you go. No, what do you mean? There is only one version, oh. Andy. I mean, uh, there's no uh, competing versions. Of oh, this. okay. I mean, I, I don't know if I know the story then. Let's say so. Oh. 
Well, we were on we were on Liberty. This was uh, 1946. Oh, okay, yeah. So you were in Liberty. You were in the service in New York. Okay. We were in the, we all together. We were all neighborhood guys. We happened to be home on Liberty at the same time, and we were all jazz fans. Okay, mm-hmm. and we went one night to the Three Deuces nightclub on 52nd Street, which was the Jazz Street. Yeah. Is that is that what you remember? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're we're there to see uh, I think if I remember a piano player named Teddy Wilson was wow. playing, and we both see with the three of us are sitting there having a beer whatever, and about ten feet away we see a woman with a big flower in her hair, sitting at the bar, and it was Billie Holiday. So the guys said, hey, we got to go over. You know, we're all fans of hers, but I I was the only one with with the nerve to go over to her. I said, well, go over. Come on, you know. So uh, they they took a vote, and they said, you go over, me. And I walked over, and I said, as I approached her, I remember saying, uh, hello, Miss Holiday. And you know what she said to me? I'll never forget it, and this, this is going back a lot of years. She said, get away from me, you creep. That was what she said to me. Wow. And I, I literally <laughs> skulked away, I mean, like almost backwards, back to my seat in the table with the two guys. They heard it. It was She was only about 10 feet away. And she said, get away, you creep. Well, I was <clears throat> I was so pissed off at her, if you don't mind me saying that, you know, yeah. really mad. And, and I was mad for years and years, and I, I, I didn't even want to listen to her records for the way she talked to me. And to us, really, she really was, you know, the, mm-hmm. the three of us. Until one night, um, I remember this very vividly. We were watching, Mom and I were watching um, <clears throat> 60 Minutes, I think it was. It was a, on, on TV. And it was a bio of, 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 uh, of um, what's, her, what's her name again? Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And it was a bio of Billie Holiday, and she got to the but they got to the part when she was fourteen or fifteen in the, in the hometown of Baltimore, she was raped, assaulted by three sailors, somewhere in nineteen twenty some whatever it was. Wow. Raped and assaulted by three sailors. Okay, and then it was like a thunderbolt hit me. That was the whole point of her saying, get away from me, you creep. There were three sailors. That's what she thought of us. So uh, anyway, that program revived my my entire feeling about Billie Holiday, and I became a fan again. And uh, I guess the the only point I can say is things change over, oh, this was 20 or 30 years later that my attitude about Billie Holiday Mm. changed from watching 60 Minutes. You know, it's funny. That, uh, that's called a, perspec- a, a perspective shift because you were able to see somebody in a completely different light from a completely different angle. Um, that's one of the things that I do, by the way, as a coach, is I help people to see a pers- new perspective. And sometimes just ha- seeing something in a completely different light changes your entire feeling, your attitude, your actions. Uh, and I would imagine that if somehow you knew that back in 1946. You know, I, I wish you a... were a coach at that time, and you could have uh, explained perspective to me that there's a there possibly is a side to the story that I did not know about mm. 
and it took uh you know but uh, i i didn't wait to to be explained of course for not. it to be explained i it was pure luck that i was watching that program or, or to this day i'd be anti billy holiday but that you know i i don't think you could blame me for my feeling i was very yeah. insulted by by her treatment and i i remember very vividly that i called her miss holiday i didn't even i didn't have the nerve to call her billy Mm. I said Miss Holiday, so it wasn't a question of uh, the, I came up uh, in any uh, you know advanced uh, way, and uh, I needed that perspective. Uh, Andy, where were you when I needed you? I, I I don't even think I was a gleam in your eye at that time. Now forty nineteen forty six, not 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 a gleam in anything, <laughs> and that was it was no, nothing was gleaming, but. Uh, that, yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, thing. I never heard that uh, you know explained as a change in perspective, but that's exactly what happened. Good point. So yeah, in fact, it always used to uh, puzzle me that because I didn't know the story growing up that you were the hugest Frank Sinatra fan, which of course. Uh, you have instilled in me. I am the huge, huge Frank Sinatra fan and a fan of the the music of your era as much as of any of my eras. Hey, mom was too, by the way. And mom was too, and mom was, uh, you know, a, a Bobby Soxer. In in uh, at the no, Paralympic she was a pre Bobby Soxer. She was not quite quite in the uh, old enough. She was a couple of years shy of being a Bobby Soxer, but but she was a pre Bobby Soxer. Uh. Well, well I, I was with a male version. Of, story that I've been telling for the last uh, forty years. Sorry. Well, she was a Bobby Soxer, okay, but if you're telling stories, <laughs> I was a male version of a Bobby Soxer because that that when he came up, I was in high school in the early forties, right? When he came up with uh, Tommy Dorsey from Harry yeah. James and so forth, and there were three guys, not the same ones that were in the Navy, three different guys. I still remember their names. And, and by some remote possibility that anybody's listening, it was Ben and Bob and myself were all Sinatra fans, and we were the only ones, the only boys in the entire school, Lincoln High in Brooklyn, that were fans of Sinatra because the girls were crazy about him, so it was like a sissy thing to be a Sinatra fan at that time. Did you know that, Andy? No. It really I was. So that 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 would be like today being a, a you know a teen boy and being a Justin Bieber fan. Maybe that's a good that's a good way of looking at it. But we loved Sinatra's voice, and I remember saying he's going to be a star. I don't want to sound like I know it, know it all, but mm -hmm. we all three of us said this guy's terrific. And they were all talking uh, guys like Bob Eberle, who was terrific by the way, yeah. or uh, later Dick Hames. And they laughed at Frank Sinatra, at the girls, every girl in that school was crazy about him. So that that's what, we we were like, uh, we were like, uh, what do you, we were looked upon as <laughs> strange guys. You were Argyle Soxers or something. Yeah, yeah, well, whatever. But that's, that's kind of interesting. And we remained, uh, <clears throat> I remained a Sinatra fan to this day, as you know. As I know. And uh, but I was saying that it, it, it was confusing to me why that now Billy Holiday of course was a huge influence on in Frank Sinatra and yet you were not a, at all and you never explained it to me you just said oh, no, I don't I don't care for her and I couldn't understand why I, I later got you know experimented uh, explored her music as well although I never became the the, the Billy Holiday fan the way I be I've been a Frank Sinatra fan no, Frank no, Sinatra no. is my 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 musical 
you know, some of my musical Guru. muse. Yeah. And uh, and I was uh, very fortunate to have I've gotten to see. I mean, not the young Sinatra, but I got to see. Uh, I believe eight times I got to see Frank Sinatra perform, including, of course, uh, the concert I brought uh, you and Mom to back in 1975. Hey, I still remember that. That was a that was that was fantastic of you to do. I remember that was at the uh, what theater was that? That was oh. at, it. Was called the Eurus Theater, which yeah, uh, yeah, today yeah. is is uh, I can't think of the name the of that date? theater. Uh, and it was it's what a year? Broadway sh- a theater today. <clears throat> Uh, this was 1975. Wow! And it had originally been the Capitol Theater. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm almost positive that it was originally the Capitol Theater, and it became the. Oh Euro wait, wait, you're right. The Capitol Theater, uh, where, where, which I had gone to, uh, many, many, many times. Did I ever tell you about my first Frank Sinatra, or I should say, second Frank Sinatra concert? No uh, show. I went to Frank Sinatra at the New York Paramount, right, uh, when I was in high school. I went to see him. But my second time was when I was uh, in uh, on, on liberty from boot camp in the Navy. And Frank Sinatra was again appearing at the Paramount, and he was really at the height of his uh, fame and everything. And I came in alone, and of course many it was mostly women, girls. Mm-hmm. And the rush... To the um, to the stage after he appeared, I was knocked down almost, and lost my cap, fell out. Wow! And somebody pulled my 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 neckerchief, and I walked. I had to escape the theater, <laughs> almost, you know, uh, out of out of uniform. In fact, I was out of uniform. Luckily, I was able to find a subway because I lived in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Got on there, and uh, no shore patrol. I I would have been picked up and and put in a brig. I was totally out of uniform, no neckerchief, no hat, no cap, uh, thanks to the girls who ran down the aisle. I was somewhere in the middle, and uh, uh, that was did, my did second. You get to, did, you, did you get to stay for the show or not? No, I stayed for the show. This was after oh, the yeah. show. Oh, after the show, okay. After the show, when he was saying goodbye and all that, the, 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 the rush down the aisles was tremendous, and I, I, had, I escaped, literally. Wow. That was my second time. So uh, yours was about the I don't know the tenth time that I that I went to see a Sinatra, but it was great. It was a great. Uh, I still remember that. That was a, a terrific uh, gift you got. So this is when you were still in the service. So you're talking about uh, what you were in the service from basically what 1945 to yeah 45. Listen, I actually enlisted in 44. I graduated uh, Lincoln High, my favorite school, Lincoln High. In nineteen in June nineteen forty four, and I uh later, but I was called up an early forty five. So back from boot camp, this was forty five when mm-hmm. uh, he he uh, he did the show. Yeah. Now I don't. I mean, speaking of Lincoln, uh, I don't know if you uh, even remember this, but uh, when when I went to high school and I went to Bayside High School, I. I would imagine the first thing you would have noticed was that Bayside High and Lincoln High were nearly identical. They were identical. Yeah. Same the same architect. Same guy. Yeah. He made uh there were like four or five identical schools. One was uh Walton High in the Bronx, which is uh, I think it's a girls school. My sister went to Walton High, isn't that funny? I just thought uh-huh. of it when you mentioned it. Yeah. 
Then, in fact, because I went uh, briefly to Lehman College in the Bronx, which is next door to to Walton, and I when I was walking around there as a freshman, and I'm walking around, and all of a sudden uh, there's I there's Bayside High. What's it doing here in the Bronx? I felt like uh, the end of uh, uh, Planet of the Apes when he finds you know the Statue of Liberty out on the thing. Like, what's yeah. this doing here? Yeah, I had I didn't know actually at that at that moment it was just and it was uh, not during uh high school se- session so it was just a completely dormant empty building uh, giving more of that uh, spooky feeling yeah and speaking of bayside high small world who was the principal of bayside high what was my connection to him uh Lester Spicer uh and the connection what, what was he it he went to school with you and same he, class same class, and he same wrote graduating the same, class. Uh, <laughs> he was he the editor or something of the the high no, school been, was, magazine? Maybe he wrote an he wrote, wrote an, an article. article or something. Yeah, but he was your, your principal, and he was my classmate at Lincoln High. Small I, I never, I never liked him. That's all I can tell you. I met him. You remember meeting? I him? remember that. That I met him thanks to you. Yeah, thanks to me. And uh, very, very, very well. We don't want to talk about. It. Not <laughs> bad. Well, you had a little you had a little problem. It happens oh, to the best of them. Come on, Andy. I, yeah. yeah. No. Then I, uh, I came to school, met mm-hmm. Lester Spicer, and reminded him that I went to his class, and he better watch his watch himself. No, no, I'm I, kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. I seem to recall he was uh, doing something with bricks that he was uh, removing through his body. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Very nervous fellow, and he. You got, yeah, you know, because uh, you especially uh, hey, hey. Uh, back in uh, in the high school, you were. Uh, you better be careful. He may. You were. No, be, I think he's. I think he's know. long gone. Oh, is he really? Yeah, I believe so. I believe he's gone. Oh, I'm sorry he's to hear that. That 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 I truly am. I don't like. I don't. I don't like to know about that. See, now I lost my. I, I lost my thought. Actually, what were? Um, I was the spicer. Yeah, no. but why I was gonna. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. So uh, let's get back back to some more fun uh, fun stories. Um, if you have any good stories uh, about the the uh, Mad Men days, and, and and I should also point out to to my audience, anybody's listening to this, when we were talking about the Mad Men days, and people, when you think of Mad Men, and I mean the Mad. Uh, is that the name of the television show, Mad Men, right? Yeah, the name of the yeah, show is Mad Men. It has to do with right. an advertising agency. But the star, the big star of the show is a guy named Don Draper. Yeah. A tall, handsome, you know, the quintessential tall, dark, and handsome man. And let it not be uh, uh, missed here that you were a tall, dark, and handsome man of the Don Draper mold, well dressed, and you, of course, you had the the, the Howard Howard clothes. Of course, you're going to be well. No, I never wore this. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but the the comp- that doesn't ex- that they yeah, don't exist anymore. But you, but you were you were well dressed. You were fashionable, tall, dark, and handsome man. I don't know about man. that, but well, but that the... was that's what the word on the street was. No, no, um, but but the thing is, Don Draper and I shared and, one uh, thing. We and, were we were both vice presidents of an yeah. a, of Madison Avenue advertising agency. Yeah. So did I did I ever tell you when I went to the emergency hospital, I was cut on my leg, and when the there was a male nurse, and we were talking about the he he brought it up, and I said no, I I'm really a, a madman. Oh, he said I was a madman because I told him 
that I was uh, in that you know in the agency business of VP on Madison mm-hmm. Avenue, and he got so excited that he was uh, he was healing a madman that he called in all the nurses in the emergency room, and he was, he was like shouting, "I got a madman in the room! I got a madman!" <laughs> and they all, and all these women, the nurses came in because that was when Madman Just Opened was to, you know was really a big big hit. So that was that was a funny funny moment of uh, you know the comparison of uh, you know myself and uh, the original Madman on TV. Mm-hmm. But um, well, I think you, you haven't asked me about the, my my uh, my Jerry Lewis. Uh, <laughs> oh, lady. Oh, okay. how, how did how does that go again, Andy? Lady. <laughs> <laughs> I, Let it I be can't known. think of. Let it be known, though, uh, Andy, to uh, to the many millions of people who are tuned into this. Uh, million, at uh, least a ch- couple of million. Two million yeah. people two that million. I am not a Jerry Lewis fan. In fact, I hope Jerry Lewis is listening, and I want him to know these many years later, I hate his guts. How's that? Well, that you know, pretty it's, it's really pretty... the perfect day. <laughs> it's the perfect day to, to say this because today is the first anniversary of not having Jerry Lewis on the telethon as part of our Labor Day oh, experience. Oh, that's right. I am I mean, so I grew happy up with every that. Every year, Labor Day was <clears throat> devoted to uh, at least a part of it would be spent staying up all night watching Jerry Lewis Telethon, and he, he's no longer on that. In fact, it's no longer. It's only like six hours now. So by, by the by the by, Andy, it just yeah. occurred to me as I mentioned it, you know, just off the top of my head, mm-hmm. you you really could have helped me with my perspective and forgiving Jerry Lewis, with, you know, with that perspective thing. Of why I hated him in the first place and have been holding that hatred for 60 years. Mm-hmm. Not hatred. That's yes. too strong. I just disliked the guy for the way he treated me yes. uh, so so many years ago. But <clears throat> if you were a coach somewhere or there was a coach like you, uh, you could have you healed me. It's, it's Instead, I've been going around, uh, you know, and anybody wants to talk about the – Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin, I I could tell them I hated Jerry, loved Martin. And that's, uh, if you want me to tell you that or remind, I don't know if you know about it. I think I, you do. I, I, know I you do, do it's, but it, it is a great story. And so why don't you t- tell us? I yeah. believe uh, you were. <clears throat> but you, uh, you uh, could have, I really never heard of this phrase, perspective of yes. well, forgiveness. Is that what you're going no, no, it's not a pers- about forgiveness. It is a per- perspective shift where something is like like forgiveness may be possible just because you now see something completely different. Than well, you ever okay, uh, you know something. After I tell this, and if you give me the right words, I'm going to forgive Jerry Lewis. Okay, sixty. Let's be, see, nineteen fifty. This could be Jerry's gift. Fifty-one. Today. How many years ago is that? Fifty, sixty-two, sixty-one, or sixty-two years ago. Okay. Uh, you get you give me the right words, sure, and I'm sure. going to forgive Jerry Lewis. Okay. okay? So I, here I was, <clears throat> shortly after college graduation, I went to work for Music Corporation of America, which at the time was the number one talent agency, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was more or less an apprentice agent, uh, <clears throat> and I got the assignment uh, at the height of uh, Martin and Lewis, Daniel D. Martin and Jerry Lewis were partners at the time, just for anybody who doesn't know. And uh, at the height of their huge fame, I was given a bunch of contracts for their next tour of the United States, at, but I needed signatures. That's what I was told. And I was best basically a glorified messenger, okay? 
And bear in mind, I'm, I'm a year, just about a year younger than Jerry Lewis. Mm-hmm. So I go to the Paramount Theater. There I go again and saw the Paramount Theater. And, Andy, there were 10,000 kids outside the building, wait, you know, dying to get into the theater, waiting for the show to end and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I had to work my way through the crowd to the stage door. I had, you know, the, 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 uh, the uh, pass to get in. And I went upstairs to the dressing rooms to get their signatures. First place, Jerry Lewis's uh, <clears throat> cubby hole, you know, uh, dressing room. Yeah. Knock on the door and knocked and knocked, no answer. Anyway, finally, sort of grumpily said, Come, yeah, what do you want? Something, something like that. And there he was lying on the sofa, taking a nap between shows, which is that's so fine. Yeah. But as I walked in, I said, Mr. Lewis, again, Mr. Lewis. Yeah. I need your signatures from you, blah, 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 blah. He started to curse. He started, he, he had something against my, my bosses at MCA. And he was cursing them, but, I, but he was giving it to me. He was yelling and using language that I had never heard before. And I'm from Brooklyn, as you know. Mm-hmm. I never heard the MF phrase, for example, at that yeah. time. I never heard it. Wow. And he was throwing that out at my boss, uh, Freddie something, Freddie Fields, I think. He was throwing out these curse words and yelling and screaming and in the middle and he was give me a f and pen and he signed a couple of things and and more or less threw me out of the room. <laughs> I said I was I was crushed and he really mm. crushed. But I went right next door to Dean Martin. I got to, I have to get his signature and I'm expecting the worst, right? I knock on the door and he says, "Come on in," you know, and I meet. And Martin grabs my hand, puts his arm around my shoulder, calls me. I remember he called me Pally, which was the first <laughs> time I heard the word Pally. Hey, Pally. Hey, Pally. Come on in. Sit down. Hey, you want a drink? Uh, he meant water. And he gave me he gave me some water because he saw that I was flushed, which I was. I was flushed with, what would you say, anger? Uh, anger and, and embarrassment. Sure. Anyway, he was so nice to me, such a sweet man. He signed everything, and he said, hey, take it easy. And it wasn't until years later when I told this to somebody that they said, you know, in the dressing rooms, there's just a thin wall separating them. I'm sure he heard Lewis yelling at you, and he wasn't too fond of Lewis at the time, probably, and this was his way of uh, showing that. And uh, But I, I still think to this day Martin was just... <clears throat> a terrific guy, yeah. and that's how I remember him, and that's my story, and I'm stuck with it. Uh, there there I, you go. I, so now give me the perspective. I'll forgive Jerry, and that's it. But what you don't know, Dad, is that a few years earlier, three sailors had woken him up. <laughs> I never <laughs> And he just never got over that. Oh, you <laughs> Great Why haven't I thought of that? That's such a uh, <laughs> such a great punchline. Why didn't I ever think of that? But if I ever tell it in conjunction with the Billy Holiday story, I, that's how I'm going to finish it. Thanks to you. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> great. I three sailors woke him up. Okay, from never got point. over that. So. All right. Well, anyway, that's <laughs> that's truly good. That's funny. Thank you very much. Thanks. Try the veal. We'll be here all week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, listen, you're bringing back so many memories, I can't believe it, that uh, you've, you've awakened uh, the the, uh, the memory uh, gland, I guess, huh? Uh, well, it's right next to the... Uh, yeah. 
the hypothalamid uh, uh, glands. Oh, whatever, yeah. I'll go there. I, I, I have no idea yeah. what, what you mean. But, um, yeah, now I'm, I'm actually trying to think of, like, what would be the, the correct answer. I mean, I had to go there because that was just sitting there going, oh, I got I to gotta say that. I got to say this. Just sitting there going, I got I to gotta say this. But uh, but when you think about it, um, you know what, uh, you know, as, 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 and this is a tough one because you know he's certainly there. Um, you're not the object of his ire, right? And, and yet his you know basically unprofessionalism probably changed your life in a lot of ways because you didn't go oh, in that direction. You, Andy, you're so right. You know that. That his his uh, outburst was a factor. I'm, I'm getting out of this, this so-called show business thing, which I, and I got. A, I, I went to work for the New Haven Register as a reporter. Right after that, uh, I said, "I'm I'm out of show business." I mean, it wasn't directly linked because I always, you know, I was a journalism right. major, so I really wanted to be in the newspaper business. But uh, I was happy to leave show, you know, direct show business, mm-hmm. thanks to Mr. Lewis. Well, so he, he may have done you of some life. sort of a, a favor in a way by by showing you this and you being in a position of saying, "Is this what I want in my life?" Right? Am I am I up to that? And I don't think so. And therefore, I'm going to make a different choice that suits me. Right? Because I think at that time, and maybe to this day, I was a little thin-skinned. So you know, taking that kind of abuse. From this, uh, you know, who I who I used to think was a great mm-hmm. comedian and so forth, but uh, anyway, my basically my age and talking to me that way, ah, I had no use for him. So I left show business, and uh, a major major shift in my life was. Well, uh, I, I'd to like Jerry to say, Lewis. in fact, uh, this is a, a, a subject that it's very dear to me. I'm, I'm actually writing about it. Uh, there is, uh, uh, in some respects. People show up in your life. People or things or events will show up in your life in such a way as, as to test you to see if this is what you really want, and to, they're there to throw you off. And in a way, they're that's their job. That's their job. And uh, the, the good news is, it it really doesn't much matter what the result is, because you can always come back later. You can always revisit it and say, I you know. Maybe I was. Uh, t- uh, maybe I, I, I moved too soon. Maybe uh, maybe I could be that guy. I could go back and do it. But uh, they're there to show you to uh, a mirror and to let you see uh, is this is this where I need to go right now? Am I up to it? And if not, now I think if you know that, like if I knew uh, some of the times that these, this has happened, that this is supposed to happen, I might be able to say, okay, let me just regroup and come back at some point and and in your case you you didn't and that's fine so it it was a it was a great lesson and maybe now you could say hey you know what he was supposed to do that i made the right decision thanks jerry yeah interesting i wish i knew somebody like you then i wish i knew somebody like me then (laughs) well dad guess what we're uh, at the top of the hour we have uh, just about a minute left in the show Oh no, kidding! No it went kidding. fast. Down to our last sixty seconds. I just got the uh, the uh, voice in my in my ear from the blog talk okay. radio lady. So I want to thank well, you. I, I hope I wasn't so a major disappointment. Oh uh, no, it's great. This is a great uh, great opportunity. I'm really so happy to have had you on my show. It's about time, 
And uh, thanks uh, for being my dad. Thanks for being on my show. And uh, thanks, everybody who's listening. Uh, This was a conversation with Coach Andrew and his father, Art Poritz. And you were there. And we'll be back in, in, uh, in a week from tonight. So thanks, Dad, and we'll see everybody next week. Thank you, Andy. Love you. Love you, too. Bye-bye.